Hello and welcome to Contra Mundum. I am your host, Pastor Andrew Isker, and please welcome my co-host, CJ Engel. Hello, CJ. Hello, Andrew. Good to be here. How, how are you this week, CJ? Uh, same as usual. Good. Excited to get going on this. This is my third okay. recording for the day. Oh, yeah. You are, I'm you not are, tired, I promise. Yeah. He's, you're just powering through it. You are powered by Greco, Greco gum. That Greco is what gum is, uh... and kombucha. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Well, yeah, I hope you're having a great week. I hope all of you out there are having a great week as well. Uh, there's, there's plenty to talk about. Uh, the big news this week, of course, uh, came down on Monday, and that was the firing of Tucker Carlson from Tucker Carlson Tonight from Fox News. Um, so we've referenced him a bunch. We've had clips of his, things like that on, on the show uh, before. And uh, it, you know, it, it didn't come as a huge shock that they would fire him. Um, I've kind of expected this shoe to fall, you know, really any time in the last four or five years, uh, to be honest. I'm, I'm somewhat surprised he's lasted this as long as he has. Um, but even so, you know, all that considered, it was, it still was, you know, fairly surprising. It was not a thing I expected to see, uh, this week. Um, so, uh, CJ, what, uh, what are, what are your thoughts on Tucker Carlson's, uh, demise at Fox News? Um, there's a lot, I mean, the, the, the fact that they would want him gone is like obvious, like doesn't even need to be stated really. Like yeah. he was really difficult to control. And part of the reason he was difficult to control is just because of his own personality. Like he just, he wants to cover what he wants to cover. And mm -hmm. he knows that like, he's the most powerful man in media because um, he's so popular, you know, like, like losing Tucker is like a really big hit to the branding Fox news uh, themselves. So uh, it doesn't surprise me. Um, the timing is interesting. Of course, like it's always interesting. Like why now? Like you always have to ask that question. Oh yeah. Uh, my opinion, I think an underrated aspect to this is like the deal that was made with McCarthy and like the J six footage. I don't mm -hmm. think that <clears throat> I don't think that they wanted to capitulate on so many of those um, pressure points that like Matt Gates and all his his like rebels or whatever they, they were really trying to get some things um, in their favor. And McCarthy, like how many weeks did he go trying to get them to vote for him? Like they went a long time. Like, mm -hmm. like 12 different voting sessions or something yeah. insane. Um, and one of the things that they wanted, I think one of the deals that they made was that they would give Tucker like the footage mm -hmm. and they gave it all to him. And he did one up, he did like one episode on it. And then that was it. And then, and then they yeah. asked Tucker, like part of me thinks that that was part of like the deal is to like, accept, accept the footage and then ax Tucker eventually. Like that was kind of, I think that was kind of in the cards because they really, they need that J6 narrative. Oh, I yeah. think it's really important for the uh, for the regime going forward because they have to have an enemy that they're like rallying around and, and like the um, heritage Americans, like any like anyone on America first, uh, I think is part of that enemy class. And I think that they cannot have someone like Tucker with the biggest audience in the world, um, you know, giving an alternative view on it. So that, I, I think that was, has been in the cards for a while, uh, personally. Uh, I think it was part of the deal that was made um, that McCarthy made uh, personally. Um, so that's one thing. And then also like, you know, the 2024 elections are coming up. Um, Tucker's just increasingly like, um, like red pilled, so to speak on like the importance of religion, the importance of family, the importance of like having concerns outside of GDP and individualism and like all of like the, the, the rhetoric of like rights and trans rights and all this stuff. I think he is, 
um, waking people, like appealing to a lot of people's like difficulty with accepting present regime narratives, and they just they just had to let them go. Yeah, I mean the thing, the thing, you know, asking the question, well, why now? Um, there are so many things that he covers that it could be any one of them. I mean, it could be the J six stuff. I saw people speculating he had an episode last week um, about Pfizer. Uh, and be critical of Pfizer. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's interesting that uh, James O'Keefe gets uh, canned by Project Veritas after doing a, vid- a, a power, a really powerful, effective video uh, sting on a Pfizer executive, and he gets canned immediately. And then Tucker gets let go a couple mm-hmm. days after that too. I mean, that, that's somewhat suspicious, but it's it's one of those things where it's like it's like a bad murder mystery movie where you know, or like like a like murder on the Orient Express type thing where it's like, well, who done it? It could be any one of these people. And it's like, or all of them, or like, all so of like, them together. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Seriously. Like, I think they, <laughs> they were just increasingly frustrated with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. He said know, the like, thing that the Pentagon said, right? Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> like, they this have is to do great the... for America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's part of the victory lap. So like, it just tells you that they were behind, like they were involved in like, <clears throat> All these people are involved in like getting him off air. Like they all, they're all yeah. pressure points, you know, like, like who, like who benefits from Tucker not being able to expose like the Ukraine stuff. Yeah. Like that was a big part a of it of too, people. you know, oh, like Ukraine t- is a huge one. Yeah. Tucker was the only one interviewing anybody with an alternative perspective on Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had like Douglas McGregor on there all yeah. the time. Um, and he had, he had that one, who's that young guy? Like, who's like really pro Putin. I forget his name. But Tucker had him on. Um, I'm not sure. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, but Tucker was just willing to buck these narratives, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because the, like, the alternative is Sean Hannity, like totally <clears throat> brain dead bozo. I mean, you know, 98 IQ crayon yeah. eater. And like and that's... He, he, he benefited from being after Tucker because people would just leave their oh, televisions yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, like, and... I don't know who's going to watch him now. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is like, I remember there was uh, at one point, it was during the Trump years. Um <laughs> there was a transition yeah. between Hannity and Tucker where they like hand the show off to each other or whatever. And they stopped doing that uh, after this <laughs> because, because they, they got into a fight on air over, I, I can't remember what it no, was. No, no, I think no. it was Syria yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Well, well uh, was it that or was it, was it the capitalism one where like Tucker was going hard against corporations and then oh, Hannity yeah. takes over, and yes. he's like, "Well, as long as you know, as long as it's voluntary, and the the buyers are in on it." And Tucker just like yes, gives that classic yeah. Tucker look, because um, <laughs> he was still on the screen, which is, was hilarious. Uh, yeah. Like because yeah. right yeah. after he had been denigrating like yeah. like the corporation, so it's yeah, it it's was the funny. Cabela's Bass Pro, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. that the Republican pro gay Republican donor uh, that <laughs> shut down, which like, one? basically which shut one? down. Yeah, be, be more specific <laughs> there too. Um, and and it's yeah the the uh I, I can't even think of his name but like singer huge huge money this guy gives out um and he like destroyed the town uh in in Nebraska where like Cabela's was based out of um mm-hmm. just out um, of like yeah. petty resentment and like yeah. that's what the Tucker episode was on yeah that's what it was now now my memory's being jogged and uh and Hannity's like uh, you know, the stupid corporatist uh Ben Shapiro type uh well, if the market says it's okay, then it must be fine. And it's like, no, what? Are you kidding me? All these people are out of jobs, uh, you know, because of this this horrible billionaire who hates us. Yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, I mean, there, there's so many moments like that. I mean, there, and, and, and like you, you see, like Tucker Carlson tonight, um, it, it was, it was, it was so wonderful because we would be online and we would see people we know online that we follow, friends of ours yeah. online, and their, their talking points would like be read verbatim by Tucker online. Like he, like his writers all follow the same people we follow online. Right. And I remember, like, Martyr Maid, uh, Daryl Cooper, uh, Tucker did the whole, like, he had, like, a, maybe a hundred tweet thread. And Tucker read mm-hmm. the entire thing on his show that night. Um, and it was it was amazing. And it was just on the election and BLM riots, color revolution, all of this stuff. It was a fantastic thread. And Tucker boosted that. And it it, it gave a voice to, you know, our guys. Um yeah. And and so that's a huge I mean in the near term. Um so I I'm kind of of two minds on this. It's um it, it you could you could you maybe disagree. But um in the near term it's a devastating loss. Uh in in the near cuz his having this guy on TV to counter these narratives and and having him taken away is devastating loss. Huge, huge loss uh, because yeah, now it's just nothing but Sean Hannity's and Jesse Waters's and and people like that all the way down, just just idiots that just parrot propaganda, um, and and the the boomer con like that generation, the generation that has lots of money. I mean, these are the people that fund politicians and and are I mean, they're people you know, laugh about this or joke or make fun of the boomers, but like they have a lot of power, they have a lot of mm-hmm. financial power. And Tucker was taking them off the reservation a little bit, and now that's that's gone. Now, now it's just twenty four seven hysterical uh, GOP neocon propaganda here on out. Um, so that's the bad. That's like the bad news in in the near term. But I think in the long term, like Tucker didn't die. They didn't assassinate him. Uh, he is still yet. immensely po- yeah yet uh, immensely popular, and. Whatever he does next, and some of it is like, is there a, um, you know, is, is there's confusion about his contract? Like, is he is he just on the bench and is going to collect his paycheck and not, um, and run out the rest of his contract until I think after the election in 2024? Um, that that's a possibility that That'd he's just cra- silenced yeah. for the next 18 months. Well, no, they um, can't they can't take him off air and shut him up. Like maybe, yeah, I don't know. Like there, yeah. I mean, no lawyer would sign that. Like you have to. There, he, I'm sure. He, like, like his whole "see you soon" thing. Like on afterward, mm-hmm. you know. Like, uh, I, I, I bet. He's, I don't think he's gonna be quiet. Like, I don't think no. so at all. No. Like that's just I, not in his personality either. And apparently, like, they have they have compromising information on him. Uh, which yeah, is yeah, that's like, what they always say. You know, and, and then it's like some, okay. then it's like some, like 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 intern, like that, like said that he was like yelled at her in the coffee room or something. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. No, that's like so they tried to they trotted out this this gal who you know who said he was yeah that's uh, their playbook that he was abusive yeah of course. she never met him once yeah she never in person ever saw by him the way, once in person by the way Contramundum is a hostile work environment before we went Very on air. Hostile. Andrew was yelling at me, telling me to do my hair. That's right. it, was a, it was offensive. He told me I where's needed to get the, back on the diet. Where's the horrible. perm? Where is your Zoomer perm? You need to. There's a there's a hair there's a code. 
There's I'm a dress get... code for, for contramundum. You have to have hair like this. I'll keep I'll keep your paychecks flowing, but you're, you're gonna you're gonna get canned. <laughs> I'll have to be silent. See you soon. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he, it, that this gal that they brought, like, it's just a totally frivolous, ridiculous lawsuit. I mean, it's the stuff they do to Trump. Yeah, you that's know, they I mean, just that's bring some floozy out. You know, the funny thing do. is, like, they're so out of step with like like the influence that that Tucker has, and yeah. like the fact that he's actually appealing to people that they don't even realize that nobody buys this like these like people anymore. Like, no, yeah. like what was that? Who was that lady that like was this like whistleblower? For Facebook, remember that lady? Like oh, yeah, nobody yeah, believes yeah. that. Like that's just yeah. that's what they have. That's what they do. Blower. Like no, <laughs> they, they weren't they weren't censoring enough hate speech. Oh, you're blowing the whistle, blowing the whistle. Yeah, like, yeah, like so the ridiculous. fact that she come out, like she's like it's a hostile work environment. That actually makes Tucker sound pretty cool. You <laughs> I know, know, like I know. it's like oh, cool. Like, I mean, the the part of her lawsuit is like one of his producers. They had a bunch of like inflatable Christmas decorations. And she hated it because she's Jewish, and she's she's like I hate Christmas, and she's this Grinch. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And uh, and and so like, they oh, like cool. yeah. they put like a post it note on one of the trees and said this is the menorah tree or something like that. <laughs> like I don't. So that's the hostile work environment right there. Yeah, that sounds pretty based. Like I. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me like him even more. I don't know. I know. I know. It's it's just, I mean, it's, it was so ridiculous. It's so silly. Um, the but viewership, that's, that's the stuff they do. The viewership for, for his for his, uh, for his his slot was like down 70% or something. Yeah. On, yeah. on Tuesday. They're, even if they, I mean, one, it's like a pinch hitter. Okay. Like, I, you know, it's going to be less. But um, even if they bring in a full-time host, like there's literally nobody like who? they could bring, who? bring in. Yeah. yeah. No, no one. The, yeah. Not, no one at all. Like, I mean, they could take... You know, somewhat other popular, you know, ostensibly conservative guy like Ben Shapiro or something and, and triple his salary from the Daily yeah. Wire. And he would not – no one would care. There's right? only one person that could actually meet his ratings, and that's Joe Rogan. And yeah. Joe Rogan is like – he's not going to do that, you know? like No. no. He's, he's fine where he is, right? Yeah. He, uh, and that, that's, that's – And Tucker's going to be better off too. Tucker's going to be better oh, yeah. off too. Yeah, that's the long term I think is the good news. Is that traditional media and and uh, Torba had a post in, in Gab News about this that traditional media is dying right when when the boomer generation you know passes away um, it's going to be gone like I mean even like I, I was I was thinking about this everybody I know like all 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 my buddies whether they're you know weird political junkies like us or um, or they're just grill Americans that like to you know, like to watch sports and drink beer. Um, none of them watch TV. None mm-hmm. of them. Not mm-hmm. a single one of them. I mean, like their TV watching will be like literally just the sports. Like they'll turn mm-hmm. on, they'll turn on the pro sports and then turn it off. They don't watch network television. They don't watch the news. They don't watch any of this stuff. Um, everyone just watches YouTube or yeah. or various you know platforms like that or you know different streaming services. They'll watch TV shows, but they don't watch T. They don't like tune in to a certain episode at a certain time that's that's gone um mm-hmm. and so, like the only like he was the only thing that was keeping the millennial generation you know our generation and younger um like to watch like appointment tv like that where you where you tune in at 7 p.m my time uh central time to watch tucker what's tucker gonna say tonight i, I, I want to hear about this um like that was the only the only thing that that you know, people our age were doing, and it's it's the craziest stat I I saw is that uh, among the I think it was the like eighteen to forty five demographic among Democrats, he had he was tops. 
Mm-hmm. So he beat MSNBC and CNN, like the liberal networks. More yeah. people who say they're Democrats our age were watching Tucker than anybody else. Yeah. Which which tells you, I mean, some of some of what is it hate watching? Some of it's probably that, but some of it is like he is the only it's, person that had like a unique perspective on anything going on. It's the war stuff. It's also the anti like um like internationalist corporation stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's like the defense of labor. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like th- all those things are appealing to like the left. Like Bernie Sanders just came out and endorsed Biden. And it's like his whole crowd, like looking for an alternative. They looked at people joke. like Tucker. Like yeah. Tucker would have people yeah. like Glenn Greenwald on. Like yeah. just traditional progressives. Yeah. 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 And and it it's um I mean, because it, it's it's very clear this is a man who is genuinely curious about these great questions of our day. Mm-hmm. Um, and was not just going to parrot some propaganda line. He he wanted to truly investigate uh, what these things are about and 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 uncover you know great evils that are taking place as well. Um, I mean, so many people think like because they, they talk about like the Dominion lawsuit. He says stuff he doesn't believe and blah blah blah. It's like, well, yeah, that's how like television works. Um, like you you have an audience that you're trying to appease. So of course he's going to you know he's going to play certain things up or whatever else. Like that's. Everything in that, like all the shocking texts of Tucker Carlson, like none of them to me. Um, well, one of the funniest surprising. things, one of the funniest things is when the whole Sidney Powell thing was going down. He He's was critical critis- of her. He was criticized yeah. for being too harsh and not believing yeah. her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's like that's I, hilarious. I know. Yeah, and he was like the most skeptical of of yeah. all of the all of the like the craziest like Kraken and machine, you know, uh, uh, Delta Force fighting a server in Germany kind of stuff. That like, whole he was, thing was a complete CIA psyop. It's crazy. Yeah, it was because it was it was to totally obfuscate everything, right? Right to muddy the waters to make every, hey look over here at this really crazy stuff. What it was like, they just stopped counting in the middle of the night in six states and stuffed yeah. the ballots, right? Like that's right. all. It's like it's it was it's same kind of stuff they did in like the in the nineteen sixty election they so, did in twenty twenty. So know? in that case, is is Tucker a spook? I don't know. I mean, he comes. The, yeah, this is a good question. Uh, for, yeah, it is. You know, it is. Yeah, we're, we're shifting I go ba- gears. I go back he's and got forth. The, he's got the Kabbalah bracelet and yeah, all that kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. You know, I go like, back and uh, forth. Like I think he me is. Me too. But yeah. like he's like he's like Jack Basobic. Like yeah, there's certain factions within the intelligence community that want things in a certain way. Like yeah. it doesn't mean that they're like hundred percent on board with like, like, like pre progressive pre administrative state like America, but at the mm-hmm. same time, they, they, they want something like different than like the establishment CIA, like the guys in charge, you know? Yeah. So he's, I just, I don't know. Like he's, he's certainly of that world, right? Yeah. And his father, of he is. I mean, people don't realize this. Like his father was literally the head of voice of America in yeah. you know broadcasting into the Eastern Bloc during the Cold War, uh, so his father was like the Tucker Carlson, uh, broadcasting mm-hmm. America prop- American propaganda into right. the Eastern Bloc. Um, so like it's in his bloodline to be a you know uh, quote unquote propagandist, right? That's that's what he does, and that's and I, I don't use that word as like a pejorative. Like there are good prop, I mean there are good yeah. propagandists and bad. Like there are things that are worthy of propagating. You have um, to shape. You have to shape a national narrative. You have to. Yeah. Like that's just part yeah. of the job. Yeah. And I, I'm thankful that he's ours. You know. Right. Or at least maybe maybe he is. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I go back and forth on it too. I mean, sometimes it's like it. It kind of doesn't matter at a certain level uh, whether he is or not. Um, I mean, you could get you could oh, get come real. On. 
This is <laughs> it's way too much fun to talk about this. It does to matter. Speculate. Let me find my tinfoil hat and uh, <laughs> I'll put it on quick. But no, I I I uh yeah, maybe, and maybe he is. I mean, we we've talked about uh, maybe not on 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 the show, uh, but we've talked about yeah, Jack Basobiec, um, who retweeted me this week. So thank you, thank you, Jack. Thank you. I'm big fan of the show here. Andrew uh, is controlled opposition too. Apparently, I am. Yeah, I don't have my Kabbalah bla- bracelet on, but um, <laughs> but uh, no, I I I um, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know about those guys. I mean, that's that's always the danger of people who are narrative shapers is that who is pulling the strings at mm-hmm. some level, right? Mm-hmm. There's, you know, is, is he totally independent? Um, I don't know. Who's he, who's he totally so, loyal to like, let me, so, or not? Okay. I, I love Tucker. I love that he brought like red pills to the normies, like the older generation of normies. Mm-hmm. I, I love that he exposed those people to like more radical, like ways of thinking. Um, but I'm I'm really critical of like the anti-China narratives, and Tucker has been really pushing those too. He's so like, hard. I, he's yeah. not beyond my own criticism uh, either. I mean, I can disagree with him on little things too, like the nature of like a political society and all that too. But like, I'm really, I'm really um, not not just skeptical, but I'm really wary of like what's going on with like pushing buttons in China. Like, I really think there's something going on there. And I think there's certain aspects of, like, the, the geopolitical, like, American interest. like Not American interest in, like, the traditional sense, but, like, American regime, Washington, D.C. interests that really want to pick a fight with China. Um, and I think it's insane and stupid. And uh, it's been interesting to see him really pushing, like, like like Steve Bannon. Like, but Steve Bannon has interesting connections, too, and all that. Like, you know, like, Steve Bannon's part of that world, too. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. All those guys are. But, like, they've, they're, they've been anti-China for, for years now. Uh, and, and that kind of makes me a little bit suspicious. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's, it's hard not to be a little like, I mean, we're, we're living in an age of universal deceit. And so it's hard not to be cynical and skeptical of every single thing. Um, uh, just because, uh, how do you trust anyone <laughs> at all? You know, like, how, how do you, how do you, um, it's, it's impossible to, I we're lied to about everything. And so, yeah. um, yeah, who knows? But I, I mean, I at the, at the end of the day, though, when I think about Tucker on on the whole, um, he is he tells so many true things that are un mm-hmm. that are uh, that are forbidden from being said. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I mean, even even just you know talking about uh, replacing demographic replacement in America, yeah, and yeah, just using like, using the, the words like obvious that's... fact of it, yeah, right. It's a it's a fact. Like a statistical fact, and it's and it's like open policy that they want to do, and and yet they, well, if you talk about it, you're a conspiracy theorist. That's it's insane. I mean, the mm-hmm. the level of uh, propaganda just around that idea. Um, so it took a tremendous amount of courage for him to to say that and do that, and yeah. and I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for a, a lot of these things. Um, I'm grateful. Yeah. Uh, I'm grateful. And, and one of the things we we can play this um, now. Um, but one of the things that led to his firing is um, over the weekend. I mean, at least this is the cover story. This is the story that like Van- Vanity Fair put out. Um, but I think there's probably some credence to it um, that he gave a speech to the Heritage Foundation. They had a 50th anniversary gala, and he was the keynote speaker on on Saturday or Sunday. And um, the speech, the clip clips of it went viral. Uh, 
millions and millions of people saw this this speech that that he gave this this part of the speech anyway and i want to share some of it here uh right now it be time to start to reassess the terms we use to to describe what we're watching so when i started at heritage the presumption was and this is a very anglo-american assumption that the debates we're having are kind of rational debates about the way to get to mutually agreed upon outcomes Right, so like we all want the country to be more prosperous and free, and people to be less oppressed or whatever. And so we're going to argue about tax rates, and I think higher tax gets gets us there. I'm a Keynesian, and you disagree, you're an Austrian or whatever, but the objective is the same. And so we write our papers, and they write their papers, and may the best papers win. I I, I don't think that's what we're watching now at all. I don't think we're watching a debate over how to get to the best outcome. I think that's completely wrong. And I've come to this conclusion, not, and I should say at the outset, I'm an Episcopalian, so don't take any theological advice from me, because I don't have any. <laughs> I grew up in the shallowest faith tradition that's ever been invented. It's not even a Christian religion at this point. Um, I say with shame. But I'm just saying this as an observer of what's going on. There is no way to assess, say, the transgenderist movement with that mindset. Policy papers don't account for it at all. If you have people who are saying, I have an idea, let's castrate the next generation. Let's sexually mutilate children. I'm sorry, that's not a political debate. What? What's nothing to do with politics? What's the outcome we're desiring here? An androgynous population? Is that really what we are? We arguing for that? I don't, I don't think anyone could like, defend that as a positive outcome. But the weight of the government and uh, you know, a lot of corporate interests are behind that. Well, what is that? Well, it's irrational. If you say, well, you know, I think abortion is always bad. Well, I think sometimes it's necessary. That's a debate I'm familiar with. But if you're telling me that abortion is a positive good, what are you saying? Well, you're arguing for child sacrifice, obviously. It's not about like, oh, a teen, you know, a teen girl gets pregnant and what do we do about that? And victims of rape, I, you know, I get it. I, of course, I understand that. And you know, I have compassion for everyone involved. But when the Treasury Secretary stands up and says, you know what you can do to help the economy get an abortion? Well, that's like an Aztec principle, actually. There's not a society in history that didn't practice human sacrifice. Not one. I checked. Even the Scandinavians, I'm ashamed to say. It wasn't just the Mesoamericans. It was everybody. I just have to pause right there. You know, I'm, I'm part Scandinavian. Uh, so, and it, it's, it is true. <laughs> it is true. They did it. We did it. We did it as well. Everyone did. Um, and uh, like, so this language that he's using, um, it's theological, yes, he's describing the conflict in theological terms, uh, mm -hmm. not in political ones. And, mm -hmm. or yeah, this... he's describing, he's describing politics, like what's happening now with power in terms of cosmic mm -hmm. forces. Yes. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt yes. you. Yes. No. You, no. This you is. Had a I mean, it's line. like the. <laughs> no. This is. I, I, I'm not. I'm not really telling a joke. But uh, this is. Um, <laughs> this, this is. It, it's like you, you, the. I don't even know if the account is still up. Uh, I, have, I have. Maybe it's locked. I don't know. Uh, the tradical, no true Scotist. You know, uh, his his um, pin tweet was current events make a lot more sense when you uh, believe that demons exist. And they're active on the earth. Um, yeah. And it's totally true. I mean, that, and that's Tucker's point is mm -hmm. that 
um, these are not policy because he's, I mean, he's addressing the Heritage Foundation. So like if you know anything about the Heritage Foundation, like this is a, a massive conservative think tank and it's uh, it's donors that pay a bunch of money to nerds to write papers. And um, <laughs> and he he used to work there like he's it'd be part of it. And like so he he's very familiar with what they do. Uh, and they, they do other stuff too. I don't want to, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, trash the Heritage Foundation, but um, he's, he's saying like writing a white paper on transgenderism isn't going to solve the issue. This is not, you're not dealing with policy proposals where you're, you're going back and forth about what's the right, you know, do we, do we ticker with the tax rate this much or that much, you know, 1% or 0.1%. Right. Right. He's not talking about those, like that, that it, it's a totally foreign world to movement conservatism, to conservative, you know, NGOs like Heritage, uh, to um, conservative politicians, all of this, like, they don't understand the war that is raging right now, many of them. And so he is bringing them up to speed. That well, this yeah, is I a mean, spiritual that, war. I mean, I know there's more to the clip and we should play it, but like, I think that's going to segue to what we're going to talk about next with like the GP, like the G3, like responses to Christian nationalism. Like they're yes. still operating in this world that has expired. Like we yeah. don't live in 1994 anymore. Like no, we don't live like, like Newt Gingrich isn't going to come up with a, like a new, you know, like legislative <laughs> package that's going to like solve these things at the cultural level. Like this is something no. metaphysical. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's let Tucker keep going here. So like, that's what that is. What's the point of child sacrifice? Well, there's no policy goal entwined with that. No, that's a theological phenomenon. And that's kind of the point I'm making. None of this makes sense in conventional political terms. When people or crowds of people or the largest crowd of people at all, which is the federal government, the largest human organization in human history, decide that the goal is to destroy things, destruction for its own sake. Hey, let's tear it down. What you're watching is not a political movement, it's evil. So if you want to assess, and I'll put it in non, and I'll stop with this, I'll put it in non, I'll put it in non-political, uh, or non, rather non-specific theological terms, and just say, if you want to know what's evil and what's good, what are the characteristics of those? And by the way, you know, I, I think the Athenians would have agreed with this. This is not necessarily just a Christian notion. This is kind of a, I would say, widely agreed upon understanding of good and evil. What are its products? What do these two conditions produce? Well, I mean, good is characterized by order, calmness, tranquility, peace, whatever you want to call it, lack of conflict, cleanliness, Cleanliness is next to godliness. It's true. It is. And evil is characterized by their opposites. Violence, hate, disorder, division, disorganization, and filth. So if you are all in on the things that produce the latter basket of outcomes, what you're really advocating for is evil. That's just true. I'm not calling for religious war. Far from it. I'm merely calling for an acknowledgement of what we're watching, which is not one, and I'm not certainly not backing the Republican Party. I mean, ugh. I'm not making a partisan <laughs> point at all. I'm, I'm just noting what's super obvious. Like those of us who are in our mid 50s are caught in the past in the way that we think about this. One side's like, no, 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 
you know, I've got this idea, and we've got this idea, and let's have a debate about our ideas. They don't want a debate. Those ideas won't produce outcomes that any rational person would want under any circumstances. Mm -hmm. Those are manifestations of some larger force acting upon us. It's just so obvious. It's completely obvious. And I think two things. One, we should say that and stop engaging in these totally fraudulent debates where we are using the terms that we used in 1991 when I started at Heritage as if maybe you know I could just win the debate if I marshaled more facts. I've tried that, doesn't work. <laughs> and two, maybe we should all take just like 10 minutes a day to say a prayer about it. I'm serious, like why not? And I'm saying that to you not as some kind of evangelist, I'm literally saying that to you as an Episcopalian. The Samaritans of our time. I'm coming to you from the most humble and lowly theological position you can. I'm literally an Episcopalian, okay? <laughs> and even I have concluded, it might be worth taking just 10 minutes out of your busy schedule to say a prayer for the future, and I hope you will. <clears throat> well, it's, I think Tucker has um, exposure to a lot more behind the scenes. And like, that's a very serious statement that he said. Like, Tucker's not oh, yeah. like an overtly religious guy. But no. I think when you operate at that level, you see things that like that defy rational political policy explanation, like he just said. Like, yeah. you see things that defy like all of our all the myths that we operate under in regards to like liberal democracy and like the neutral world like the 20th century american myth mm -hmm. he's he's seeing things from a completely different vantage point like it's easy for us like you and i to and like the people listening to this to recognize that there's a spiritual war at play but when tucker comes out and he makes this like his like his hallmark speech his hallmark observation like this is the point that he was trying to drive home you can see that there is a theological aspect to his own uh, momentum, to the things that like yeah. drive him. And therefore, there's a theological aspect to getting him off air. Like, yes. they do not like this type of content. You know, and, and, and like the best thing that nope. you can do, like if you're appealing to Heritage Foundation donors, is like you should donate to the GOP. You should try to reelect Republican senators. Like you don't say go pray. You don't say take minutes out of your day. You don't say take minutes out like 10 minutes out of your day and go pray about it right after saying that the GOP makes gives them the jitters. Yeah. Like I know. this is a very serious statement. <laughs> I, know. I know. So I could watch this four or five times. I've watched it several times. Yeah. Um and <clears throat> and it, it and all of it is true. Um everything that he says is uh 100% true. He and I, I think the you know the powerful thing there and this is where yeah you know, that report from Vanity Fair I think comes in where about Rupert Murdoch saying that he gets really nervous about uh, spiritual type language that's not yeah, allowed on I Fox bet News. He does. And I I, bet I'm sure he does. I'm sure it's true. I'm sure he doesn't like it. And apparently, like his he uh, he had a fiance. You know, he's been married like 15 times or something, and he had a fiance that left him. Uh, because she thought like Tucker Carlson was some kind of religious prophet. Apparently, like this is the the rumor. That's um, what I'm saying. Like he's operating at a yeah. different level than we can even see. 
Like yeah, maybe, maybe. And, and so Murdoch, uh, that was the last draw for him. Maybe, maybe it was the speech. Uh, it might that's yeah. the cover story at least. That's the 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 official story. Well, maybe it's, it's true. It's like these are all aspects to it. These are all straws yeah. that broke the camel's back for sure. Yeah, and this might be the yeah. final one. Um, yeah, and, and, and I just, I'm, I'm, I'm so impressed by it. Uh, we we brought up, you know, well, is he legit or not, or is he a, is he a psyop? Uh, I, I, at the, at this point, like that speech, like I said, does doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter if 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 he is or not. Um, I, I, I he is saying true things that have to be said today in this moment. Mm-hmm. So, what he just said is is um, much more courageous than like Russell Moore. And, um, you know, even the G3 guys, like, <laughs> oh, it's, man. I know. like they should be attuned to the spiritual battle at play. Yep. They should be attuned to the fact that we are facing a cosmic struggle and they should be aware of the fact that there's only going to be uh, one political outcome. Yeah. We're not going back to this, like, you know, everyone kind of lives their own life in their own way. Like these are political struggles um, yep. that are reflections of cosmic struggles. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so along those lines, uh, we can we could bring bring up some of the, you know, the, these groups. So there's there's a whole bunch of people online who are um, have some prominence that are anti Christian nationalists. They're very much opposed to Christian nationalism. And excuse me, they uh, they they've been tweeting a lot and <laughs> they've been making a lot of posts online just about how. Uh, how bad Christian nationalism is, and how dangerous it is, and how bad Christendom was, and, and things like this. But really, uh, what they're doing is just clowning themselves. They're not. Uh, they they're showing this very facile understanding of it. I mean, one one of them uh, didn't even read Stephen Wolf's book. Like I don't have time them? to read, yeah. Yeah, or all all of them basically. But one of them was like, "Well, I don't have time to read the whole thing." He, they just they they tweet out the page where he says, "Well, I don't." I don't do any exegesis here because I assume the system of reformed doctrine. I assume Protestant, you know, reformed yeah. Protestant political theory. I don't, yeah. I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to rewrite everything Francis Turretin ever wrote on top of the 400 words I want to, or 400 pages I want to write. Um, and so it's, it, it's just, it's ludicrous. These guys don't take seriously anything that, that is being said. They don't engage with the actual arguments. It's, it's, it's really a clown show. Um, and so I try not to take them too seriously because it's, uh, you sh- you shouldn't you shouldn't take them that seriously. They don't um, they they don't well engage here's, in here's good faith. Yeah, that's true. It's true. They don't engage good faith, and and it, here's part of the problem. They expect us to take them seriously when they don't take Stephen Wolf seriously. Like 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 yeah. like he said he recently said in a podcast like, don't read my book. That's fine. Like I don't care. I'm not gonna make like this. Is a, it's a long yeah. book. It's kind of dense. Like sometimes like don't read my yeah. book. Just don't pretend like you did and start like pontificating about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like that's not operating in good faith. Yeah. Like he's like, I don't. These people like are, they have busy lives and they have a lot on their plate. Like if you don't yeah. want to read my book, like I'm fine. I'm not here to like cool. sell books. But don't pretend like you know what you're talking about and that you're willing to engage with me um, at a at a at a level like at a serious level. Yeah, I I um like Josh uh, Boyce, one of one of these guys. <clears throat> um, he gave this this summary of Wolf's argument. And and Wolf, you know, in the replies is like that's not what my book says at all. He says the um, opposite. Yeah, it, it said like the opposite. It was like he, he was saying that the the civil magistrate has the sword and the keys. Like that's what right. Wolf was arguing. And I, I just I had to reply to him like, dude, 
if if you were you know I've I've taught um, uh, for many years, and I'm like if you were in my class giving a book report, and you very clearly uh, write about the argument the author is making, and the author would not recognize that argument at all, I would fail you and make you redo the assignment. Yeah. Right. You you this is it's unacceptable to do that. Right. That the just the basic standard of good faith is if if the person's argument they don't recognize like if your perception of the argument is totally unrecognizable to them you you don't get it you are the problem not not steven and and they'll like they'll go on twitter and they'll complain like oh you aren't understanding our argument or you need to read the whole book or whatever it's like well if yeah that's a you (laughs) problem man that's not a an us problem yeah Um, or like don't read the whole book but don't like like he literally said just shut up about it yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's crazy uh, but like they're being sent out to do it. Like, um, so like Michael O'Fallon is this guy who, um, who is yeah. on the board of G3 and yeah. it's clear, like, I mean, he's the one that, that employs James Lindsay. And so like James Lindsay says all sorts of stupidity on his Twitter account all the time, attacking Christian nationalism. Like number one, why is this atheist neckbeard loser, um, right. Being brought in to talk about Christian things and Christian political theory and being, being used as a battering ram against Christians. What? Why? What is going on there? And number two, did you like, see, they're doing the same see, thing with these G three guys. Yeah. Did you Did you see the introduction? Like people were posting like like an excerpt from the introduction of uh, James Lindsay's book, Cynical Theories. And no, he I didn't said, see this. What like, say? Oh, yeah. So in the introduction of Cynical Theories, he says that like um, he's he's uh, part of his motivation for writing this is because he thinks that the um, the the use of like uh, LGBT propaganda is actually undermining the LGBT community and that he wants to fight for trans rights and stuff, but he thinks that they're being like abused. And the whole thing, like the whole introduction is like what? him justifying that they do have rights that uh, gays and lesbians have been like, uh, like underrepresented and mistreated and like grief. all this stuff. Like, like, so, so look that's at their golden well, boy. Yeah, that is their golden boy. And, and look at who Good their grief. friends are and look at who their enemies are. And I think they're, yeah. but I think part of the problem. So, so the reason James Lindsay is actually in that spot unfortunately is because there haven't been very many christian theorists who have been able to articulate these things that have even cared to to deal with it so that's Mm -hmm. part of the problem too like why haven't there why haven't they been listening to well why haven't any christians stepped up and started like expositing these things like james Lindsay was one of the only ones that was recognizing what was going on in the academy and and studying critical christians should be studying critical theory and they're not and 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 so so what happens yeah what happens is you have to look to james Lindsay. Yeah. And then what happens is you have to defend James Lindsay against Stephen Wolf. And then what happens yeah. is you find yourself on like the completely opposite side of 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 what should be your friends in an obvious spiritual theological cosmic struggle. That's what's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, that's that's the way I see it. But but we should talk about that like for for a little bit, just in general, like why are they responding this way? And I think part of the problem is that they've uh, digested and absorbed the 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 myth, like the liberal myths of the yeah. American century. Like for all their talk about like sticking to the Bible and all that stuff, <laughs> like they, oh, yeah. they are the personification of like absorption of like regime narratives. Oh yeah. Absolutely. They can't get well, out of it. They can't escape it. Yeah. And it's, it's like, I, I, these are all Baptists too, you know? And so I'm not, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not looking to pick fights with, you know, any particular theological tradition or anything like that. Um, it, 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 but like historical Baptists, would these guys would be unrecognizable to like John Gill, 
right? You, you raise John Gill from the dead and, and says, hey, look at look at the Baptists we got here. And he examines like the things they believe and their doctrine. It, he he would think that these are Anabaptists um, and yeah. would condemn them. Like, well, that's what they are. They'd be they'd be called secularists, liberal. Like, yeah. like they yeah they'd be called atheists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 it, and like they don't, they have no idea. Like they're and it's to be fair to them. Like I don't think it's malice, at least to this extent. Um, they they have no idea that there's anything other right. than liberal secularism. Right. That's the that's the only thing on the menu for them. Right. And so they hear about Christendom. I mean, just looking at like I did I did a Twitter space yesterday, um, and like looking at his article that he wrote about Christendom, and he just assumes it's bad. He doesn't make an argument that it's bad, right? He mm-hmm. just assumes that this is this is a bad thing. Um, well, what they do is they take the failures of of something like because because obviously like there's no golden age, there's no perfect situation. Yeah. So they'll they'll like nitpick from the comfort of their like their air conditioned office. They'll nitpick at at like failures, and yeah. they'll yeah. judge from that perch. It's a complete abuse of the historical process, by the way. Like you never would have seen like Calvin and Luther and like even like further like West like in like in England like any of like the Puritans none of these people no. would have looked at history that way the development of history this way no like no way that's not how people thought until the modern age you see it's a very modernist liberal thing to critique the Christian past and they've absorbed that methodology for yeah. the judgment of history all of this all of this is downstream from 1789 like it is they are they are downstream from the French Revolution and from from modern thought uh that modern political arrangements um and and they think that's all there is that's the only possibility and that's the biblical thing it's biblical to have a secularist society and and the problem with this and and the funny thing is like they think that trash world um you know you know the uh the all the tranny everything um that surrounds us and pervades all of life um they think that that came from Christendom, and that came from cultural nominal Christianity. Like that's it's the most well, because ridiculous they bait and switch that they could possibly pull. They don't know pull. what Christendom is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, they have no idea. You know, I mean, and, I saw um, it was a it was a good like you know one of those guys was 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 tweeting about how how Christendom was a failure. It was a huge failure, and it's like it was fifteen hundred years long of an entire continents being evangelized uh, successfully. Yeah. Uh, I hope we have more failures like that. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Come on. I hope. I hope the next fifteen hundred years are such a failure like that. I mean, come they're on. Like, well, you know, the the problem with Christendom is you get like a lot of nominal Christian people who think they're saved. And I'm like, I'm looking out like at all the mega churches. I'm looking at all like 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 the the like the um, the well marketed like Christianity Incorporated mm-hmm. today. Like. And I'm just looking around. I'm like nominal Christianity. Like if if you want, like if you need a testament to nominal Christianity, just look around. Yeah. Like we are like yeah. like secularism has produced way more of a nominal Christianity. The other thing too oh, is yeah. like they they get all caught up in like saying things like, uh, well, you know, like like Christian nationalists don't believe that God is sovereign over salvation that they have to do it. Well, actually, you're the one that's saying that we have to have secularism or God can't save people. Like you're the one that's. Or they're all going to be nominal Christians, you know? Yeah, like yeah. that's. And, and the other, I mean, one of the other things too is like I, I talked about this um, yesterday as well. There <clears throat> is there's this idea that I think I like these guys. 
have this 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 whole mindset that on that only maybe a very small percentage of people in churches are saved, right? It's a very slim percent. It's the you know, the narrow way versus the broad way, and very very small number of people. And the way they would they would determine whether someone is truly regenerate or not usually is are they a theology nerd? Right? Do they get do they get real nerdy about their systematic theology and real excited about it? Like those are the really saved guys, right? The the person who is half of a standard deviation to the left of the bell curve that doesn't really know any theology, that doesn't that that doesn't understand the Bible very well, but of what they do understand, what they're capable of understanding, they're obedient to Jesus, right? Those people those people are nominal. That's that. That's their view. It's like like people that are just you know simple regular people. Those people can't be saved because they're not theology nerds. Like that's the attitude that these guys have. Um, and so like some of it is just there's this um, this prejudice against anyone who has less than 120 IQ, right? Um, there's prejudice against the NPC, right? I mean, and not and, and I don't use NPC in like this pejorative sense. It's just the people who do what they're told that look to authority to tell them what to do, what to believe, and they do it one way or the other. Um, that's how humanity is. Like there are a lot of people who are 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 just looking for someone good to tell them what to believe, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're not going to be capable of thinking it all through, right? That's, that's part of this too. And, and part of the whole discussion of Christian nationalism is that like when Jesus calls people sheep, like there are a lot of people like that, that just, that need to be led well, that are not, not capable of reading some dense 17th century systematic theology and, mm-hmm. and shaping their worldview around it. They're looking for a pastor that could break things down into like a third grade level and, and tell them, right, this is how, how, you know, how things are. This is what's true and what's good and what's beautiful. Um, that's what they, what people need. And guys like this act like people like that can't be saved. I mean, it, it really is this like very strong prejudice against simple, decent folks. Um, and, and that's, I mean, that gets into like the lone bulwark stuff as well, <laughs> right? It gets into the, um, the MAGA Republican where it's just, I mean, it's just a, a working class chud, right? Uh, to use internet lingo, right? They don't like the working class chud who, he doesn't know anything about the Bible, right? He knows mm-hmm. a little bit. He knows, you know, I believe in Jesus and I, I need to, uh, th- these are the things that the Bible says is bad. And this is the thing that the Bible says is good. And, and it's very simple understanding. Um, and they act like those people can't possibly be saved, right? They can't possibly be saved because, well, they, they, they like Joel Osteen. Right, so they must be bound for hell. And and to believe me, Joel Osteen's not a good guy. He's this charlatan, snake, horrible, you know, evil, false teacher. You know, don't, I'm not defending him. Um, but the the typical Joel Osteen watcher, they don't know any better. And part of the problem is these guys are so uh, prejudiced against the typical Joel Osteen watcher. They're never going to minister to those people. They're never going to say something that that appeals to them. And ironically, the thing that would appeal to the, that does appeal to the typical Joe Osteen or Paula White watcher is a Christianity that is aggressive in confronting the issues of our day, that is aggressive mm-hmm. in attacking uh, transgenderist uh, movement and aggressive in attacking LGBT uh, demonic stuff going on in our country. They, people want and not, that. They and not want just attack. 
and not just attacking it like intellectually or whatever, but attacking it no. politically. Like it's part yeah. of the role of the state to maintain and preserve our way of life. Um, yeah. and, and these and calling deviancy... on the state to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. In, in, you know, in, in sexual deviancy, it's a cultural, political, de- like, uh, it's a subversion, you know, and it is part yeah. of the function of the state to maintain order to address those things. Yeah. Um, and those, those are like, like they are informed by religion, by Christianity, uh, you know, and so Christianity has that function to play in maintaining like a healthy society. You know, the oh, idea that like, absolutely, like, like, because what's going on, like, and, and Tucker just said it, like, with all these things is there is an anti-Christian political movement reflecting cosmic struggle at play. The idea that like neutrality is something that can be like recovered or sought after. I it's know. so beyond the realm of possibility that like, you just wonder if these guys are even like operating in the same world as we are. And they're not, you know, they, no. they are not. They, they absolutely aren't like they, they literally think that secularism and liberal society and this neutral marketplace of ideas can we can get back to that somehow. People don't get that. Like, that's the thing that was taken over. What happened is there was a positive vision for culture and civilization. It was called yeah. Christendom. Then they secularized it. They made it neutral. And a neutral world is not like a self-preserving. Yeah. Nature Someone can subvert it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And. Uh, during that time, during the secularization process, people, bad actors who wanted uh, political power came in and they captured it. They captured the state. They captured the liberal state. And they're turning it into something with a negative vision, something with their own you know, like their own vision of how things should be. Yeah. And well, it's a positive what? vision, but it's bad. Yeah. 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 Well, it's a positive vision from their own perspective, but Christians yeah. have no part in that. But None. you can't return to the thing that was taken over because this is this is a point that's made by like 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 reactionary thinkers um, all throughout history. They took advantage of the things that we valued, which was free speech and all that stuff. But when they're in power, that's not one of their priorities. Yeah, so they're going to no. cancel it off. That's what cancel culture yeah. is. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like they leverage our own rhetoric, our own accomplishments, our own historical heritage against us. And then they they take it away, and Christianity yeah. has no place to play in the society anymore. It's I mean it's totally like this is why you know it's important for people to read Saul Alinsky and Rules for Radicals because right. you you see the entire game at play, all the things like all our principles they will use against us and beat us over the head with them. I mean you see this with the U.S. Constitution today. Oh, oh, don't you care about the Constitution? It cost, it's a it's a it's a free market. It's a private business. Why would you? Why can't believe Rod DeSantis is attacking Disney World over blah blah blah? And it's like no, I, I, like the the adaptation has to be that. It has to be those principles were great when we had yeah. that society. They were wonderful, yeah. and I would love to one day for my grandchildren or great grandchildren to have a society like that once again. Mm-hmm. But that ain't gonna happen until we absolutely crush the left. Until they mm-hmm. cease to exist in our country, right? That's mm-hmm. that's that's the only way. That's the only right. way this is going to happen. They have to be totally, utterly defeated and ashamed and brought low. Yeah, and in fact, the only way you can operate that way is if you have Christendom. Is if you have yeah. like a cultural, religious hegemony. Yeah, there has to Once be some you... other positive vision. Yes, yes. it can't just be a vacuum because it's going to be filled by something. Like that's right. what these guys do not get. There yeah. has to be something in place. There is no neutrality, right? You either have Christendom. Or you have chaos, right? Mm-hmm. You either you either have Christendom or you have Demonville, right? Those are the options, right? You yeah. don't have oh look at this wonderful neutral world where we could we could have pluralism. This is great. No, no, that's the on ramp. Yeah. That's the on ramp to Demonville. 
That's what it is. Yeah. It's what it's always been. And people need to understand this. It's and again like this stuff is not like this intellect. I mean, yeah, we need to understand the intellectual arguments and 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 so forth. But they need to understand it in order to spur people to action. And so mm-hmm. that's that's part of it. Um, in terms of like reaching the the lone bulwark, the mega American, you know, white evangelical, you know, working class and middle class people, is it's it's theology that produces action, right? It's theology that produces people. Uh, doing things to fight evil, and they could they could reach all of these nominal Christians and ch- take the nominalism away and make it very real, right? Make it very real and very genuine. But they would rather not do that because we might win if we did that, mm-hmm. right? We can't win. <laughs> what if we win? That would produce nominal Christians. So that's uh that's 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 bad. Uh, like we might have Mayberry, and Mayberry, as you know, Rus- Russell Moore told us this. Mayberry is worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, you might you might know. Uh, at least just at least to hell, just as certainly as Sodom and Gomorrah does. Uh, and it, it's such an idiot. I mean, not just idiotic. It's it's evil to say that. It's demonic. Well, again, to say again, that. Again, it, it denies the sovereignty of God because, like, the yeah. idea that they have to, um, you know, work against the creation of of Mayberry or something like that in order to get mm-hmm. real Christians. I mean that that's a denial of God's sovereignty too. Why can't yeah. God work within? You know, like I think God is glorified when we have cultural institutions that look to the heavens. Yeah, of course, of course, it's a human society. Of course, it's still fallen society. Like we haven't yeah. been glorified yet. Like you know, yeah. the eschaton is ahead of us. Like yeah. it's, it's uh, like, we are in an imperfect world, and it's it's going to continue to be that way. Um, yeah. it, well, and and one of the points that I I like to make with with all of this discussion is. That I mean, you look at Jesus's parable of the soils, right? You've got the the, the rocky soil and the thorny soil, and and uh, you know the good soil and the soil by the way. Um, well, with this discussion of well, what's the civil magistrate? What is a Christian civil magistrate? A Christian ruler? A Christian prince? What is what's his involvement in that? Right? Because he can't make people believe. Right? He can't make people like he can't change. Like he can't. You can't hold a gun to someone's head and say you need to believe in Jesus now or else. Right, you can't do that and make the, make change their heart. Right, we all agree on that. We all mm-hmm. agree. Um, but what he can do is he could till that soil. Right? right, he could take rocky ground and bring the plow in, and all of a sudden now that soil is pretty good for planting. And and is every seed going to take? No, not every yeah. seed is going to is is going to germinate and blossom. Um, but a lot more will. Right, he could do that. I think it's a good, like a, a valuable, well, correct analogy. I mean, God uses means to accomplish yeah. His ends. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like they're like, well, God doesn't need the king to. Do. Of course, but God okay, uses yeah. means. Yeah. God yeah, uses means. Can He save somebody in Bolshevik Russia? Yes, He very mm-hmm. much can. Can He save someone in in Elizabethan England? Yes. Like like yeah. God uses means, and it's our function as Christians to honor Him in everything that we do, including. Wielding political power. Yeah, and this is—I mean, this is a point I made in, in my most recent article. Hopefully, we'll we'll link it um, here uh, in the show. But in in my most recent article, like speaking of means, right? The the microcosm of a kingdom is the household, and the Apostle Paul instructs Christian fathers to create Christian culture, to create cultural Christianity. Right? He commands them to create cultural Christianity in their households. Mm-hmm. And that's a means, right? The father mm-hmm. doesn't hold a gun to his son's head and said, you believe in Jesus or else, right? Yeah. Any more than the magistrate is able to do that to affect this child's heart, right? Yeah. He can't do that. 
but are there instrumental means that 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 God uses right. throughout their life? I mean, none of these guys would deny that. I hope. Um, yeah. You know, none of these guys would say, "Oh, that father should just be neutral, right? He should just have a marketplace of ideas inside his household." Uh, you know, it should be a pluralistic society. He should also represent Buddha and and Hinduism and Allah and 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 atheism to his child, right? No, that would be insane. That would be insane, and and not just insane. It would it would be rebelling against what God explicitly commanded for Christian families to do. Uh, mm-hmm. So, why would that be bad if the father of the nation did that mm-hmm. and produced mm-hmm. the paideia of the Lord in well, his they, nation? They can't. They can't think about the father of a nation because they're obsessed with secular liberalism, where yeah. everyone's an individual and nobody has kin groups, nobody has tribes, there's no nationalities because we're all there's the no same. King. There's right? no king. Exactly. Yeah. Like this is just part and parcel of their Americanized, you know, the the absorption of the American myth. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Well, I think I think we've, I mean, we haven't beaten that horse dead because there's still more beating that that horse needs. But uh, I think that's enough. <laughs> that's enough for today. Uh, yes. <laughs> Yes. Um, so CJ, what, uh, what work have you done? I know you published some things on, on Contra Mordor, uh, on your Substack um, that you want people to take a look at. Um, tell us about those. Yeah, you can go there. I, on my most recent piece, I, um, I was just, I was actually republishing an older piece. Um, oh, well then it, don't read it guys. It's yeah, not just that. whatever. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a leftover from years ago, but I thought it was a good piece. So I put it up there. I'm trying no, to I remember remind... reading it back in the day. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to refine my stuff. So anyways, yeah, cjingle.substract.com and, um, you can find me there. You could also, uh, check out the Chronicles magazine podcast where I just had a really good conversation with my own, one of my own influences, Paul Gottfried, um, over there. That was episode 10. So I had that. So you can always you know, find what I'm up to over there. Um, the other well, what's thing your, what's is, your record today? Well, today I talked to Pedro Gonzalez about, um, he's been really, he's been really, uh, harsh on MAGA incorporated MAGA mm-hmm. Inc and the Trump world. Uh, so I talked to him a little bit about those things and, uh, he just basically, he sees them as like sort of a branding grift at this point, you know, like completely different, um, spirit than 2016. Uh, and I, and yeah. I basically agree with that. Like, I'm mm-hmm. still like a. I, I would love to see Trump beat Biden and all that, but like, I'm, I'm underwhelmed by by what he could have done with his potential. Yeah. Um, yeah. At this point, so, anyways, that's it for now for me. Yeah, and and for me, um, we uh, well, we also we have a an upcoming podcast appearance on um, uh, Right Response with uh, Joel Webin. So that's going to be coming out, I think, on Tuesday. Um, you know, unless unless there's some editing snafus, or or maybe we were too controversial. No, no Joel will, will publish us. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we were very uh, we were very calm. Yeah, well, well speak for yourself. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I'm always that, calm. Uh, yeah, you are, you are. It's the it's the Greco gum. Um, but uh, yeah, we uh, we we had that. We also. Um, I also have um, a bunch more articles. I just had the, a recent article this week that I published that I'd love you all to take a look at um, at uh, news.gab.com uh, about cultural Christianity. And it's it's about the Christian's duty to produce cultural Christianity. Uh, so it's you know very controversial in the same, what we just talked about for the last 20 minutes. Um, it's all along those lines. So if, if you're interested in that, please check that out. Um, if you've made it through the entire podcast, thank you so much. Uh, we really, really appreciate all our listeners. The last episode we had um, was one of the most watched and listened to ones. Um, 
uh, since we got started, and we hope that it continues to grow. Uh, so share the podcast with with friends, with people you think might be interested. Do we have and, time? Uh, Do we have like time to have? We're all going to make it on. Unfortunately, we're out of time for we're all going to make it. Uh, maybe next time we'll have some time for him, but I, I got to get going. I know you do too. Um, but yeah, please like, subscribe, share. Uh, we, we really appreciate it. Comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us uh, how much you disagree with all of CJ's takes. Uh, and uh, for all of us here at, at Contramundum, uh, I'm Andrew Isker. He's CJ Engel. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.